0: This episode of iRoom Today is brought to you by New England In Touch, your local answering service offering radio dispatching, 24-hour answering service, and wake-up calls. Call 866-258-1952 or visit them online at thebestansweringservice.com
1: the following paid program is furnished by the institute of real estate management rhode island chapter 88 it is for basic entertainment and informational purposes only and is solely responsible for its content it does not necessarily reflect the views of cumulus media its management or its staff This is IREM Today, the property management show with your hosts, Chrissy Denalian and Rod Santagata on AM790 WPRV. Join them now for this live call-in show to discuss property management issues and hear from guests from all trades and programs discussing your real estate needs. Now, here's Chrissy and Rod.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to IREM Today, the property management show here on AM790. Today is Tuesday, November 27th, 2018. I'm Chrissy Danalian here in the studio today with my co-host, Rod Santagata. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back. Thank you. How was your Thanksgiving?
2: Excellent. Excellent Thanksgiving. It's great to get together with family.
0: That's nice. We also have our honorary co-host, per usual, I feel like, Jack very Benson good. Studio. Welcome, Jack. Welcome, Thank Jack. You. Thank you very much. So Thank how was everybody's weekend? Tell me oh. about your long, I hope it was long for both of you.
2: Very long. Very long. Very too long. good. Too long.
0: Too long? Too too you too wanted long. to get no. back to work? <laughs> you are dying, no. itching to get back to work?
3: Not well, me. I don't
2: know about you, Rod. I, I have don't. more work to do at home than I do at work, so... Yeah. So you Uh, were fine then? I I just I just lounge around at home. Yeah, yeah. I do a
3: few things. I only do what my wife tells me to do. That's a good boy. That's a good boy. I'm all done, (laughs) and it ain't that much. Trust me. Do what you got to do. We had a great had a great weekend. Had great family over. Enjoyed the brew. Hunter. Hunter. Hunter was over. The man. Hunter. Hunter and I watched the Patriots game, and we won. We won. Hunter didn't show up the week before, and we lost. Wow! So, Hunter's so now he's your Hunt- good luck charm. Hunter has to show up at every Patriots game for the rest of the season. I don't oh. care if it's eight <laughs> o'clock at night. We'll put him to bed downstairs, yeah. and he'll be fine. After the game
2: at eleven o'clock, you can take him <laughs> home. Maybe you should let the Patriots know; they'll give you season tickets. Yeah, I'm going. You I'm gonna, and Hunter.
0: Does he dress up in Patriots outfits? Yes, he does. He, he does. He has
3: all kinds. He has shoes, sneakers. <laughs> See, I'm coats, not the only one that hats. dresses up people. <laughs> Hatsy, yeah. Rod he is busting me up before the show
0: because I dress up my dog in different little outfits. So, oh, as Hunter's an elf, a, a Santa, uh, you know, I I dress up my my I know Hunter's not a dog, but he dress, I'm saying, you dress him up in costumes. What's wrong with that?
2: Well, because Hunter is a human being.
0: Well, I mean, I dress... I, Absolutely. this is this Thank is you, like bro. my kid. I, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, he has a he has a my dog has a Patriots outfit. I made it for him actually. And I made my sister's dog a Patriots outfit too. So
3: Very nice. So here we Very are. Nice.
0: I'm sorry, don't poo poo me, Rod. Okay? (laughs) Throw you out the window. Okay?
3: (laughs) That's only a story down, Rod. Don't worry. And then the hedges will be fine.
0: (laughs) In case this is the first time you're tuning in, Iron Today is your live local radio show every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Now, we know that there's a lot of these syndicated programs on this radio station. However,
3: we are not one of them.
0: We're not. We are fun and entertaining, but we're just not syndicated. So, what does that mean, Rod?
2: Uh, it means that if you want to call in to ask us a question, yes, uh, we'd be more than happy to answer any question you might have for us. Yes. Live. Yes, live. because we
0: are live yeah. and in studio. So yeah. how, how would they give us a call? What's the phone number here? What's it, the call
2: It's 401-437-5000 or toll free, 888-345-0790.
0: Yes, and we actually have uh, Representative Joe Sarkacci. He has called into the show as well, and we're going to get to him in about a minute, right?
2: right. Yeah. One minute. One minute. One we're going to
0: get to him. So um, in case this was the first time you're tuning in and you're wondering, what is Iram? What is that? What is IRM? IRM is
2: the Institute of Real Estate Management, the most professional group in the world for managing real estate.
0: Yes, and locally we are the Greater Rhode Island chapter. Another thing you might be wondering is what does IRM do? And we were actually established in 1977, and we're an international force of over 20,000 individuals united to advance the profession of real estate management. So through training, professional development, and collaboration, Iram supports our members and others in the industry through every stage in their career. Uh, we actually offer a couple of different designations through IRM one being the ARM, which we we are all ARMs.
3: You're the ARM of the year. Come on, Chris. <laughs> he
0: was the ARM of the year. Rod was the ARM of was the he? year at one point, was too. Was he the ARM of the year? Yes.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Wow, I learned something new today. I'm glad
2: I got up. There you go. So that's
0: why he can poo-poo me and my dog (laughs) (laughs) about that. So uh, what does this ARM stand for?
2: The Accredited Residential Manager.
0: Yes, and we also offer the Distinguished CPM, which we have a CPM in studio and a CPMC in studio uh, today. And what's the CPM?
3: Certified Property Manager. It's like having a degree from Brown University. Yes. And possibly more. And more. And more. And more. Yes. And more. It's like a master's degree almost. Master's. Yeah. yeah. A doctorate. Yeah. Well, doctorate. keep going up. PhD, yeah. doctorate, yes. whatever you want. Sure. Yeah, sure. I'm with you.
0: <laughs> and we actually offer, um, there's going to be an ARM course that's going to be going on come January, which we'll talk a little later in the show about. But if you are interested in that course, uh, now's the time to apply for our scholarship. We actually offer a scholarship for the ARM and the CPM as well. It covers up to 75% of the course cost. Uh, So it's a simple process. You just go right on our website, iromri.org, and you can fill out the application right through the scholarship um, link uh, right on the website. Uh, And we forgot to mention Karen Cuddle. Karen Cuddle. So she is... uh, you might be wondering, who, who is Karen Cuddle? Who she, is Karen Cuddle? <laughs> I mean, she just does everything for Iram. She's our association executive and basically handles everything from booking events to membership and even posting you on face, on the Facebook account. So you can contact Karen if you have any questions about uh, becoming a member of Iram, an industry partner, uh, getting your ARM. You can give her a call at 401-479-7734. No. Now, here we are. Now, Jack's going to take over the show, and I'm just going to be
4: quiet.
3: <laughs> Rep Sikachi, are you there? Ah, uh, Joe there? What's that music? Call me
4: Joe. I'm here. I don't hear
0: my music, though. It's on. It's, it's playing. On. I hear music.
3: I hear music. No, they don't play
4: the music
2: on the
3: phone. No, they're playing His- on the phone, Joe. you got to turn on your radio. His music's playing.
4: I listen to the phone. I don't want to have feedback on the radio and the phone or oh, time no, to the way get. Right
3: all right, I got gotcha. you. Oh, Joseph, what, oh. Was that? what was that?
0: He's a popular man. He's got oh. a lot
3: going on. Joe. So, are you there? I'm right here. Oh okay, listen uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you again on your re-election to the House. Congratulations. very good job.
4: Thank you very much. Appreciate and also, it.
3: thanks for agreeing to be on the show.
4: Always enjoy coming on the show. Uh,
3: obviously, there's, there's so many items and so little time. I know you uh, have a I'm short time span. I'm all yours. Uh, time you can the, the wide on, open. So, you can hit me with any uh, question
4: you want or any issue. We'll be happy to converse with you and your listeners and your co-hosts. Mm-hmm.
3: So, Joe, I can just barely hear you. So, uh, um,
4: hold on, hold on, hold on.
3: All right, go ahead. Is this better? Oh, that's better. I, okay. got, a, I got a headset now. Uh, yeah, one of the I think you just mentioned, it, if I'm not mistaken, marijuana.
4: Um, uh, let's talk about marijuana.
3: Marijuana. I guess it's uh, being becoming an overall success in Massachusetts. In,
4: well, I don't depends on how you qualify success, but you know it's it's a brand new um, recreational product. Uh, certainly not new, but it's new, and, and people can buy it now without any stigma or fear of criminal prosecution. So there is a lot of excitement, just as you saw yesterday, with sports betting here in the Ocean State. Yep. There's a lot of excitement. It's new, and also, let's not forget... That post-election, good friends of the media don't have a lot to write about. So this is the new and shiny object in in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. So it seems to garner a lot of press attention. But, you know, marijuana is not a new product. We have medical marijuana in Rhode Island. We've had medical marijuana in Massachusetts. And sports betting is legal in Vegas. But we all know it's been illegally happening uh, throughout (laughs) the country. Absolutely. well, you know, ask success, uh, let's see how much revenue after the first.
2: What happened?
0: I think we might have lost Joe. Did we lose Joe? Are
2: you there, Joe? Joe, are you
0: there? <laughs> I think we might have lost Joe.
3: We lost
2: Joe.
0: What were you going to ask him about marijuana? I was going to we, ask him, just... do you
3: think it's going to be on the agenda for, uh, in the coming legislative session? All right, uh, the governor and the speaker had been somewhat not in favor of the marijuana legislation, uh, but recently I've seen the governor take somewhat of a different. Hell, Joe? And be able to buy
4: um, marijuana. Joe's It's going to pop back in. Um, all kinds of uh, marijuana induced products, whether it's chocolates or candies and. Uh, or however they're gonna, um, you know, put it all together. I'm not sure how the, the actual manufacture, the vaporing of it, or the edibles as they call them, they're gonna be able to buy in Massachusetts. Come here to Ireland. We're gonna have a lot of the social costs. We won't have any of the tax revenue.
3: Well, that's, a, so that's a that brings up tax. Joe. That brings up that brings Joe. That brings up a good one question. of the
4: situations where it's nice to not to be the first one to license it and let's see how it works out in Massachusetts. And we have a commission in the House that has been studying it, and they're going to release a report later in the uh, session. I think it's March. Yeah. And I'm sure there will be some data from Massachusetts. But Joe, and then we can make a decision on what's the best thing to do.
3: Joe, Joe do, you, do you feel, feel it will be brought up in the next legislative session? I noticed the Speaker has been somewhat opposed that? to it. The Speaker has been somewhat opposed to it. but the But the Governor... In the last. Did, I lose I seen- you? did
4: you hear me or did I lose you guys? I'm sorry.
3: No, I hear you now. You're loud and clear. Do you, okay. hear, me? you hear me? Yes. Okay. Do you think it will be brought up in the next legislative session? All right. The I governor- don't know
4: yet. I think marijuana will certainly be an issue and it will, it will be debated and talked about and there will be bills introduced to legalize it. Whether it will actually pass or not, I don't know. I think a lot of people are waiting to hear what the uh, study commission reveals in March.
3: All right, I want to, another subject, immigration. Wait, wait oh, on, I'm Jack. sorry, Joe. We're going
0: we're gonna, to we're gonna take that subject right when we come back. From okay, commercial. hang on, Joe. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere.
2: Okay, <laughs> hold, hold on, Joe. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to IREM Today, the property
1: management show. Now, back to IREM Today, the property management show on AM 790 WPRV. All right, it is
0: 419 here on IREM Today, the property management show. I'm Kristen Malian, along with the people host. Rod Santagata, and we're live here in the studio every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Before we left, we were talking with our honorary co-host, Jack Bentz, in studio once again. Welcome back.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: And we also have Representative Joe Sarkacci on the phone as well.
3: Representative Sarkacci, uh, can you hear me now? Absolutely. Yes, Jack. All right, I have a... uh, Immigration seems to be a major problem, not only in, in this state, but throughout the country. The mayor and province has suggested that Providence be declared a sanctuary city. Obviously, so goes Providence, so goes the state. How do we intend on taking care of this issue, and 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 getting something cohesive? Does it have to be with the federal government's interceding and doing something about the integration, or are we going to take in a whole bunch of people and have some, the taxpayers be responsible for it? Because the state ultimately is going to wind up assisting. Providence if they run into problems, which they do have financial problems. So the state's, what is the state's position with regard to immigration?
4: Well, I don't want to pretend that I'm speaking for the state, but I will just tell you, immigration is a federal problem. Uh, And they, unfortunately, in Washington, for many years, pre-Trump, post-Trump, and uh, probably, uh, you know, during Trump, we're not going to be able to settle the immigration problem to any degree of certainty. So what you have is a bunch of laws that contradict a bunch of laws that, depending on who's in power, get enforced or not enforced. And unfortunately, it's not good for, for all states, including Rhode Island. Where you, there's no clear direction or mandate from Washington as how the immigration problem should be solved. I don't know what a sanctuary state means. That's a buzzword, and that's, um, buzzwords are used too much because they imply different things to different people. To me, I believe it you know I'm sure other people have a different opinion is that uh, if you are stopped by the police, you will not be asked your immigration status or you will not be prosecuted if you were found to be an undocumented um, alien or uh, undocumented person uh in the state you won't be prosecuted or or deported uh but I think that could mean different things to different people. I do know that uh President Trump has said on many occasions that you know if you fail to comply with federal law, you lose. uh, And so did uh, former Attorney General Jeff Sessions say, you lose uh, or could lose potentially a lot of federal aid. Mm -hmm. So any state, including Providence. uh, No one wants to lose federal aid. It's very vital and important to the sustainability of city government uh, today. So I don't know exactly what it means. And when you use that buzzword, it could mean something to you, could be something to me, something different to the mayor of Providence, something different to the uh, people, your listeners. So we can talk about a debate issue, but it Immigration is pretty much a federal issue. Mm-hmm. It needs to be decided, uh, and some guidelines be put down very strongly by the federal government. And then we, as a state, a city, have to follow those guidelines. But until that happens, you're going to have different communities interpret, enforce, and apply the laws differently.
3: Okay. Uh, UHIP. The UHIP program, uh, and I have talked to the governor about this, and I'm sure you guys have talked to the governor about it, uh, what is actually if you can delineate it the process and the problems we're having it still uh, are we going to uh, be able, are they are they is it performing properly or is it not are the residents receiving the benefits they're supposed to be receiving and are we going to go after Delouche uh for some more money i know the governor has said yes but I think that doesn't the legislature have to step in and and say something about that with regard to going after Delosha, or Is that something that it, it's in the law? No, of the we governor. don't,
4: Jack. Uh, so you know, the governor has the power, of the uh, her executive, uh, to uh, enforce the contract and execute the contract and sue for damages or remedies under the contract. There, be, with no action is required by the General Assembly to go after to go after Deloitte and their alleged you know mismanagement of the and the misimplementation of the program. Now having said that, we in the legislature have a role. We've been exercising that role. Chairwoman Patricia Serpa from West Warwick, a very competent chairwoman, has been working diligently holding oversight hearings asking the tough questions, extracting the answers, not only from the administration, but also from the vendor who has provided the services in an incomplete way. Now, there's certainly enough blame to go around about the implementation of it. Did we roll it out too early? We obviously weren't prepared, but the overall um, thought process behind UHIP was to coordinate the implementation of of public subsidies uh, and benefits to the public. So the goal was an annual goal. The implementation, obviously, was a failure. So what do we take away from this? We have to take away is learn from our mistakes, try to correct them as quickly as possible. Secretary Bean, who took over that from Secretary Roberts, has been doing a good job. He is leaving to pursue other matters in the private sector, other opportunities in the private sector. I know the governor is conducting a nationwide search for a new Secretary for Health and Human Services, which... Uh, UHIP falls under that umbrella, and we obviously have to uh, hold the people accountable. Now there has there has been some personnel changes at the head of UHIP when this, the first problems became known. There's going to be probably more personnel changes, but ultimately, I'm very confident that the administration will seek full and, and justifiable restitution for the. Um, Again, alleged because there's been no proof yet of mismanagement by Deloitte in the implementation of the program and the you know continued failure to correct it. I also know that the uh, ACLU has had some court case pending and there is some oversight by the judiciary, not the House Judiciary Committee, but the court system, the ground uh, Supreme Court. A division, the Superior Court or the District Court. I think it's the Superior Court, but there are there is an out, ongoing review process making sure the benefits are given in a timely fashion. Is it better? Yes, it's better. Is it good? Not yet. We can continue to do better in the program. So ultimately, we hope to hold the people who are uh, responsible for this uh, accountable, and we hope to seek remedy for you know the amount of money, the additional money that it's cost us to. Co- take corrective action.
3: All right, I have a question uh from your standpoint and knowing what's coming up with regard to the election of a new speaker do you think the speaker is going to get reelected in the coming session?
4: Absolutely yes.
3: Absolutely positively no doubt he is going to be the speaker in the next session of the house.
4: He is, and with that, I hope I'm the next majority leader, I actually have been already voted in as majority leader, but yes, I absolutely believe that. The Speaker enjoys my full support, as he does many members of the caucus. Uh, And and, and let's talk about the majority of the caucus that support the Speaker. Inside that majority that support the Speaker, you have progressive, moderate, and conservative legislatures. He enjoys a broad spectrum of support from the House um, Democrats, and he will be reelected speaker.
3: You're, you're saying from the progressives as well as the rest of the House on the Democratic side, he is no has no problem with regard to getting reelected next time.
4: He has no problem. Right. We ha- we had a vote in our caucus. Vote was forty five to twenty one. It was approximately uh, three weeks ago. And you know, I talk to my members every single day. I don't see any change in that uh, process. And I think the uh, speaker will be. Um, Re elected by the full House January 1st, New Year's Day.
3: Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Okay.
4: Overwhelmingly, that, by the very way. Good.
3: Thank you, Rep. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you know is on my mind and is something that's really close to, I think, all of us is funding for workforce housing and affordable housing. The state does not fund a dollar to Rhode Island Housing, but they are almost, for lack of a better choice of words, required to provide affordable housing for the state of Rhode Island through various other funding mechanisms. Is there any hope at all with regard to funding for Rhode Island housing to provide affordable housing with we're, we're, we're 3,000 units a year short in, over the, for the 10-year period of uh, supplying 30,000 units of affordable housing be the apartments or be they, be they single-family homes? Three, that, that divides by to about three thousand units a year. Rhode Island housing can't do this alone. There has to be some political gumption, all right, to step up to the plate and provide some money to Rhode Island housing. To, so, for their the answer to answer
4: your question, there, there is no political gumption is not needed. I mean, everybody supports affordable housing. I don't think you find anybody who's against it. The question is the money. Where do you get the money? Just tell me which programs do you want cut. To support affordable housing and which taxes you want to raise and or I should say. So the reality is I support Radon Housing. As you know, uh, Barbara Fields, the director and their board over there has done an excellent job. She has limited resources. She makes the best of it. She's a very talented person. She worked at HUD. I have supported a bond referendum. Radon Housing does a lot of good work. I think that they are uh, underfunded. I do support increased funding for them. The question is, where do we get the funding huh. every uh, organization every i would say special interest group or advocacy group thinks that they're doing god's work and they all want funding so as the speaker has said it's been said many times that you really you know you your job is to say no to everybody. So what, what what can we do? We can certainly look at an alternative. Rhode Island Housing does a lot of good things, and they do them very well. I, I know now they are processing mortgages for the state of Maine and other states because we do such a good job and we get a fee for that. So maybe we can help them increase some of their outside funding. We've also consistently supported bond referendums for them, and they've always passed overwhelmingly. The problem with Rhode Island Housing is, it's, as you said, there's just a great and need, a greater demand than we have that the resources to supply. Uh, unfortunately, I could look at a lot of cities and towns who are not meeting their affordable housing goal and we can, by the approval process, when new projects uh, are being proposed, we can set aside a certain percentage of them for affordable housing. In all right, Joe, we got to take, <laughs> take a break. Most Joe, Joe, hold up. No.
3: Time out. We've got to take a break here. So <laughs> okay. uh, we'll, we'll continue this conversation after the break. Thanks, Joe.
2: You're listening to IREM Today, the Property Management Show. We'll be
1: right back after this. Now, back to IREM Today, the Property Management Show on AM 790 WPRV.
0: All right. It is 435 here on IREM Today, the Property Management Show. I'm Chrissy Denalien, along with my co-host, Rod Santagata, and we're live here in the studio every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Before we left, we were talking with our honorary co-host, Jack Bentz, and Representative Representative Joe Sarkachi as well. I know that both of you have a lot to talk about and a lot to say. Joe, so, Joe
3: thank you. You've given uh, us an extra couple of minutes, so uh, I know you've got uh, a meeting to go to shortly. But, you know, you mentioned something before the break which kind of hit my head with regard to uh, how you're going to afford it. Well, here's my answer to that, if you've got a moment. Sure. All right. We, uh, we just did a bond issue for $250 million for schools. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fine. We did a fifty million dollar bond last year. All right. Last year, not this past year, but the year before, we did a fifty million dollar bond for housing. Ten million dollars of that was supposed to go for rehab buildings, and forty million dollars was supposed to be doled out over over fi- uh, four or five years. Four years. Four more years. Now, why can't we? Instead of putting the burden on the people need the housing and the rest of the population in the state float another bond for 250 million dollars for housing and I've talked to the treasurer about this all right I've I've mentioned it to the governor and I think I may or may not have mentioned it to you but if we're floating 50 million dollar bonds which was totally inadequate and we're floating 250 million dollars for schools which by the way you're going to need somebody to take care of the schools teachers nurses maintenance guys they're going to need housing the housing has to be built so why can't we look at and i know the is looking at it, and we can look at it in the coming days how much is the state indebted at the present time relative to what their maximum debt can be relative to bonds so we can float a bond for housing that makes sense instead of a bond a 50 million dollar bond that doesn't make sense and oh by the way last year unless i miss my unless i miss what i know is true The state took five million dollars from Rhode Island housing to plug up their own budget. So instead of a two hundred and fifty million dollars, I don't know
4: if it was the exact amount, five million. They did take a a, a chunk of money. Yeah, that's correct.
3: Okay, so I mean, is there any? Let
4: let me explain to you why. Okay, it's a very simple answer. This political, the the political will. Political. A lot. There's a lot more support in the General Assembly and in the public in general for schools funding and school construction than there is for affordable housing and a lot of projects i did a project in my private practice in situate last year and everyone came up against it because it was affordable housing yep and i tried to explain to them affordable housing that school teachers policemen firemen, it didn't mean to subsidize housing and the people in situate said loudly and clearly we don't want those kinds of people in our neighborhood and when you propose an affordable housing project nobody wants it but when you propose a new school Everybody wants it.
3: But the, so what Joe. you
4: see in, in terms of the size of the bond issue and stuff going on it is basically the will of the people. A lot of cities and towns, a lot of communities, a lot of people, uh, you know, we talked about immigration. Nobody wants uh, undocumented workers in their neighborhood or living by them or close by. So you, you, you have this contradiction of what's really right and good as affordable housing, but we don't want it in, not in my backyard, not that NIMBY syndrome. Nobody wants an affordable housing complex nearby. But, but Joe, Nobody let, wants to have a affordable let, housing let's component. Let's zero in and on, that's why you see a lack of funding. Let's zero, let's zero in on, funding. Excuse me. Let's zero in on. The,
3: let's zero in on the bond, the two hundred fifty million dollar bond. That's like a fifty million dollar bond for housing, because as I understand it, in East Providence, it's going to cost one hundred and sixty million dollars to do East Providence's schools. And I know the formula pretty well because you know uh, the committee that I served on before. The 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 two hundred fifty million dollar bond. How is that going to be allocated? I know it's going to be a QAP. It's going to be uh, so, necessary. So, so, that,
4: so... W- that will be determined by the Department of Education. There is a school construction uh, formula, and that will be followed too. But the the pro- the process or the thought process was the two hundred fifty was a part of a first four part payment of up to eventually $1 billion in new construction. And you're right, no one can afford that. Some of the cities that really need them can't afford their 10%, 20%, 30% match, and the state picks up the rest of it. So it's going to be the state. Department of Education will determine the priority of who gets funding and how it gets funding. That shouldn't be done through legislation because if that were the case, then only the bigger communities that have the largest amount of legislative power would, would actually you know, mandate X amount of earmark, X amount of dollars for their community and none for the smaller communities that have less legislative clout. But in, in reality, what it comes down to is it's just a matter of resources. Every, you know, we can talk about this. I know it's a housing show, and I support housing through the housing authorities. Before this call, I had a meeting with housing authority people and talked about what legislate, their legislative agenda for next year. And I support that, and I work in the private sector to increase affordable housing to increase housing development construction i believe in that but you go to some of these communities they have two acres only three acres only and you, it's the same process nobody wants affordable housing components in their neighborhood and it's, it's sad but it's a perception we have to continue to keep fighting and continue to keep educating people that affordable housing does not mean subsidized housing and does not mean bad people or undocumented workers, or disabled people, or people on substance abuse.
3: And it comes down to political will in the end, yes. and somebody has to have the gumption in it's the statehouse, in the Jack, governor's it's the office.
4: a collective political will. It has to be an education campaign, and if you're concerned about this particular issue, you have to elect legislators and elected officials who share your view. And unfortunately, when you go knock on doors, and we all just came off an election cycle, you go knock on doors. Affordable housing in Rhode Island housing is not one of the top ten items that people are talking about.
2: They're
3: I know. talking
4: about the uh, bread and butter issues: roads, schools. They're talking about the poor socks. They're talking about taxes. And you, you, you do any kind of consistent polling in affordable housing. is at the, bottom of the, the list. bottom of the list. If it's even on the
3: list. It, absolutely right. Until we, we wake up someday and we don't have the janitor and we don't have the maintenance guy and we don't have the nurse and we don't have the school teacher and we don't have the housing and they're, 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 they're not there. That's With that true. being said, there's another issue, which obviously there's a couple of other issues, and I know you've got to go. I, is, I have to go, so I want
4: to boil it down to one question left. What okay. do you have for me, Jack?
3: Budget shortfalls. How yep. do you plan on closing the shortfalls? I read the article in this morning's journal. You have a oh. 43 to $64 million shortfall, and that you've sent out, the governor sent out notices to all the departments to cut their budgets by X number. And with that being said, there's going to be a lot of pain out in the communities all right, uh, with people that can't get rides to the doctors and et cetera, et cetera. That's one of the extreme ones, I know. But there's going to be a lot of sh- shortfalls, and you've got to balance the budget. How? Uh, and luckily, honestly, luckily right now the economy is good.
4: What so in the hell just, is so going to happen? Let me happen? just explain, and I'll get cause I okay. have to be quick. I don't want to cut you yeah. off, but this is not a new phenomenon. Every year we have budget shortfalls. It's the nature of how – some years we have surpluses, but it's the nature of how we uh, do the projections. And we live and die by the tax revenue that comes in throughout the year. If the economy is good, the tax revenues are up. If the economy is bad, the tax revenues are down. So we always find a way to do this, and we will. Chairman Marvin Abney does a phenomenal job. Sharon Reynolds, the House fiscal advisor, is probably one of the best fiscal advisors in the country. So we will get there, and we'll get there in the best possible way, to cause the least amount of pain. Uh, and it's just a, a process. It's a function. I don't know why it seems to get a lot of headlines, maybe because it's a slow news cycle or people have a lot of concern about it. But this, this uh, budget shortfalls and surpluses are just part of the process that we go through and have gone through since I've been in the General Assembly, but even as long as I can remember yep. that there's always issues that we need to look at. Is it early retirement? Is it uh, pushing some uh, big ticket items in the next fiscal year? Is it reducing staff? Is it reducing personnel? Is it looking at ways to increase revenue? Now, you know, we have all these projections on <laughs> sports betting, but I was there yesterday, and there must have been a line of 300 people waiting. To three o'clock to make bets, and depending on how that does, we could actually see a greater estimate there, depending on how, if there's any kind of um, help from the federal government, if they pass a big infrastructure program which the Democrats and Republicans are finally talking about in unison, there to be a big public works program there's a lot of things that we need to look at, and we'll look at it we'll solve the problem. I have every confidence in chairman Abney, the House fiscal, the Senate fiscal, and the governor's fiscal people to come up with a way to solve the problem, but to also present another balanced budget to the people of Rhode Island, which is what the governor has to do by the first week in February.
3: One question. Is that a structural? What's the structural deficit? The actual deficit is $63 million, right? The structural I, deficit is even more, but we won't even go
4: into that. I will leave that for Chairman Avney, to answer. Okay. And uh, I will say you thank you guys very much for having me on your show. Well, thank keep you up for the being here. good there. work and keep talking about the issues that are important to our Island, including affordable housing, which is near and dear to my heart.
3: Joe, thank you for coming on. and appreciate it. And good luck in the coming year. Thank you so much. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.
0: Well, that was well, interesting. That was
3: interesting. Oh, yes, was. would you
0: take the words out of my mouth, Jack?
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I repeat it. I, I'm redundant, as they say in the trade. Uh, no, that, that Joe is... Joe is very upfront with his answers. Right. He doesn't back it's off on any of them. All right, I uh, when I asked him what the difference between a structural uh, deficit and an actual dollars and cents deficit, the structural deficit is a lot more than the uh, actual deficit shown on paper. The structural deficit is up around two million, 200 million. hundred million. All right, but that's you put to push that off in the end. So but the state's obligated to balance the budget. And balancing the budget, they need sixty-three million dollars mm. somewhere in that area. Could be a dollar here, a dollar right. there. But in the in the paper this morning, it was showing that there's going to be some pain uh, because some of the people in the uh, within the areas that really need it, like I said, uh, rides to the doctors, rides to hospitals, a uh, uh, stuff that's daycare. Uh, that's where they're going to cut. So I mean, it's it's really interesting how they. Uh, well, the governor has to balance the budget, and luckily, luckily, as I said, the economy is good. Yeah. What happens if the economy has a little downturn? Right. We got a problem. Like we ha- If you want to have a break, then go ahead. And I tell do. You- I'm I'll sorry. I'll- I'll
0: I know. I, I have after. to take okay. a break. We okay. have to take a quick break.
2: Absolutely. We'll yeah. be right back after this. You're listening to IREM today, the property management show.
1: Now back to IREM today, the property management show on AM 790, WPRV
0: it is 4.49 uh, here on AM 790 with Iram Today, the Property Management Show. I'm Kristen Alien, along with my co-host, Rod Santagata. We're live here in the studio every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. And we also have Jack Benson's studio. Are you going to be with us for a little while, or are you going to jet out on us?
3: I'll be with you for about three more minutes. Three, I more minutes. three more minutes. But I, uh, yeah, because that, you're
0: doing something interesting. Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Ending with the comments that I had with Joe relative to the uh, economy and how we, we're, we're lucky in today's market that the national economy is up. And I had this discussion with the governor, and I said to the governor, well, we're doing well now, but what happens when the economy takes a downturn? Is Rhode Island going to be the last first into the doldrums and the last out again? And a comment to me was that we're working on a plan over the last four years that hopefully that will not happen. But I don't really see Anything that's going to be any different than what it was in the past, unless we have some uh, we have some higher wages, higher paying jobs in the state than what we have now, because people can't afford thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars with the median incomes that we have right, right. now. We have median incomes of about 000, fifty five thousand, fifty fifty three to fifty five thousand. That is not enough for a family of four to afford to afford thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars. For a one-bedroom unit it, it, it is not feasible it's not practical unless we have more high-paying jobs and and build more affordable housing with deeper subsidies we are not going to go anywhere and Joe's representative Sakachi's contention is well we can't afford it somehow some way we're gonna have to afford it because they're floating a 250 million dollar bond which he indicates only the first phase of a billion dollars well I know, because I've looked at the City of Providence, the City of Providence alone needs a billion dollars. So it's going to have that, that, a QAP qualified application process that's going to go out for the school bond funding that was just passed is going to have to be really scrutinized as to who's going to get the money, how much you're going to get, and what the municipalities are going to do to step up to, uh, step up to the plate and, and help in building their own school system in Massachusetts they've done it over the last 10 years we've been behind the curve we got to start catching up if we don't we're going to have some serious problems mm. so that's my take on that's it that's your take on it i don't know what well, else to say
0: i think that's a good take i mean yeah. we talk a lot about property management here so why not end it on with you on on your on your
3: affordable uh, housing yeah, yeah no as well affordable housing doctors yeah. uh, lawyers and everybody else even like the firemen, workers
0: <laughs> the, for, for for electricians yeah. plumbers Yep. People that I mean, we talk to every day in property yeah. management.
3: These are the type of people that are going to have to be trained, and, and the wages are going to have to be increased. I don't care what you say.
2: Instead of calling it affordable housing, why don't we call it blue-collar housing?
3: Uh, that's why we call it workforce housing. <laughs> Everybody turns around workforce housing into affordable housing. Yes. I wish they'd wipe that word out right. of their vocabulary. These are
2: hardworking people. Right. They just can't afford the, that's right. the right. rents that are out there now. Absolutely,
3: right. unless there's some kind of a deep subsidy... And there's no other way to say it. The state has to step up. Somebody has, I think Rep. Scotchy indicated, somebody has to have the political will to step up and pass the the grief around, all Mm -hmm. right? Pass the grief around. The cities and towns are going to have to step up.
2: Well, as the tax base shrinks, as people move out of the state because they can't afford it, it's only going to increase the taxes for everyone who stays. Well, the only
3: way they're going to increase wages is something like the building that's going to be built downtown that we had uh, Councilman, Council President uh, David Salvatore on. You build that building, that changes the complete dynamics of not only the city yes. but the state mm-hmm. because you can't build it in the inner city because it's not conducive to the inner city. You have to build it out where s- other buildings going to be built around it that are not as high but yes. might be pretty damn close, mm-hmm. and that's what's going to bring the city up. Right. So it's uh, don't tell me that they're going to lose money on that building. That guy ain't stupid, spending two hundred fifty to three hundred million dollars to put that building in there.
2: All you have to do to see what Rhode Island could be is drive up towards Boston. Absolutely. All right. All the buildings aren't in downtown Boston anymore. All right. There's all sprawl. That's right. In, in all directions, and, and Boston. We, we and
3: talk about cranes in the sky. Right. I was in Denver a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I counted sixteen cranes in Denver, and I didn't get them all. Uh, my son was taking us around, looking at the city, and 16 cranes that I looked at just in the streets that I was on. Mm-hmm. How many we got in the city? Three, three, maybe four if you were lucky. You count the little guy with the high lift truck. Right. all right. Speaking
0: of things that are going on. We actually have to talk about I have to go. some. Oh, oh, well, thank you, Jack. <laughs> thank Thanks you, for Jack. coming. Thank you very much. We no, no, no. actually have to talk about a couple of. What?
3: I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas oh, and a Happy New Year. Thank you. You here. too. You thank too, you, Jack. To thank you. Same Says P- P- you. P- Let's see. We'll see. Yeah, bye-bye.
0: <laughs> bye bye. Um, bye. We actually have to talk about a couple of different events that we have going on. Um, we have our installation dinner that's going to happen next Wednesday. It's going to be the December 5th. Where is it going to be, at?
2: Rod? It's going to be at the Crown Plaza in Warwick.
0: Yes, and there's a different prices. I think red. Um, it's actually closed. The registration is closed, but you can give our our good friend Karen Cutler a call and, and see if you be can squeeze in. Uh, squeeze in. And then we were talking about this earlier in the show. That the ARM track. When is that going on, Rod? Uh,
2: that is uh, starts January 17th.
0: Yes, and it goes and it runs through, through the twenty eighth.
2: Uh, the twenty eighth for the exam.
0: Yep, yeah, and that one's actually in North Kingstown, so that's nice that it's convenient, it's close. Uh, normally, I feel like a lot of them are in Massachusetts, so when it's close by, uh, that's always nice. There's an ethics course that's also part of it that um, could be a CPM requirement if you still need to take that for your CPM classes. When is that?
2: That just the ethics course is being held January twenty third from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. And that's at the Heritage Village in North Kingstown.
0: Okay. And I think we're almost out of time, Rod. I can't we, believe it. We didn't ready? even get to talk this show. No, we didn't get to talk. I didn't get to talk about we anything. Didn't. No, but besides... maybe,
2: maybe future radio hosts might meet up at the <laughs> ethics course. Yeah, maybe. we did.
0: Maybe. Yes, that's true. <laughs> So if you're interested in anything that we went over today, from designations to becoming an industry partner, you can give Karen a call at 401-479-7734. If you've missed any part of the program, you can subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for Iram Today, or you can listen to the podcast on our website, org. That'll do it for today. We'll be back next week.
2: Next week with and we'll Frank Flynn.
0: We will. Yes. yes. Thanks for listening to Iram Today. We'll We'll see you next week. Next week. Bye. Bye-bye. This episode of iRoom Today is brought to you by New England In Touch, your local answering service offering radio dispatching, 24-hour answering service, and wake-up calls. Call 866-258-1952 or visit them online at thebestansweringservice.com.